It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon. It is August 11th when we're recording this. Lincoln always says the date at the top of every show, Gordon, and in his absence, I'm going to honor him by reminding people what, what the date is. How are you doing? Doing great. I'm on Twitter, refreshing Brett McMurphy's Twitter feed because everyone knows the renowned Brett McMurphy, college football insider of Stadium Network, who is basically tweeting every time there is a cancellation, a postponement, a fall sports slash football. That's been my life the past three weeks is just seeing if we get to 50% cancellations. Therefore, cross-country would be over. And we, once again, in a time where we thought it was a great idea to do a podcast every day starting in February, (laughs) we will have to continue to do a podcast without mostly track live events going on. Yeah. Yeah. Last night when I saw, oh, there's going to be an announcement tomorrow, I said, okay, maybe that'll be done by 9 a.m. Central when we record. And then I woke up this morning, I didn't see anything yet. And I thought, who am I kidding? Why would I actually think that they would announce this on any sort of uh, reasonable time schedule? And I may, today, today they'll probably delay it. Today they'll, they'll probably delay it. They'll probably push it even farther, right? I mean, w- w- nothing has gone according to plan at all. Why would this? Well, the idea is that today they'll announce Big Ten and Pac-12 are done and then that will be the straw that bent the camel's back. Was that what it is? Straw that bent the camel's back? Broke. Broke. That's broke. very generous. The camel okay. is happy that their back didn't break, that it just bent. They'll be able to come back maybe for the playoffs with Ben Simmons if it's just a bend and yeah. not a break. Oof, man, don't get me started on that. Maybe. Sorry. I mean, Sorry. He's, Sorry. he said two weeks they're going to recheck this the knee and see what everything is okay. Anyway, we're NBA podcast again. Uh, no, but – Let's see. We're we're at forty two percent, man. Forty two percent of the NCA right. cross country teams have canceled. And NCA last week said, if you get to fifty percent, we're canceling championships. So we are about twenty five teams away from. Again, this is assuming Big Ten is canceled. So we're twenty five teams away from being canceled, which is about two and a half conferences. Basically, we need three more conferences to cancel. And therefore, we can't have an NCAA cross-country championship. I mean, even if we 
even if no one canceled from now on, it would be wild to have a cross country championship where forty two percent of the teams aren't allowed to compete. That's just like wild. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not going to happen now, but like, it is kind of funny to say. What if we got to forty nine point nine percent and we're like, we're doing it. We're having cross country. Fifty one point oh one percent are here. And a big one happened yesterday with Mountain West not having fall sports. They're a mid-major in the grand scheme of collegiate sports, but in the cross-country world, I would almost say they're a major because they have a lot of powerful programs. They have a lot of influential programs, teams that win national titles, teams that make uh, national championship meets, teams that host meets as well too with New Mexico, obviously last year hosted virtually every indoor meet. I believe Joe Franklin lived at the Albuquerque Convention Center for eight straight weeks. Don't quote me on that. I I haven't confirmed it, but it seemed like he was there an awful lot. Uh, So with them out, obviously the, the, if there were to be a, a season, the, the competitive balance would be dramatically altered from what we're used to just without New Mexico being there. Yeah. And I mean, we can probably potentially say that there's no NAU either, right? Even though Big Sky technically hasn't canceled fall sports, but Big Sky has announced through reporters that their football program is getting pushed to the spring. So it'd be weird for them to just push football and then keep cross country. So I think you could say that another mid-major in Big Sky is also done, which would be taking away NAU in New Mexico, like we said a week or two ago, from an NCAA mm-hmm. championship. It's not an NCAA championship without those two teams. If, as expected, sometime today, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten call off the fall, that may not be enough to immediately push out the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC. But I would think it would push out every other mid-major. Do you agree with that? Yes. I mean... Right now, the mid-majors still still swimming, still thinking like, hey, we're doing it. We have the American Conference, which is like Houston's conference, Atlantic Sun, Big East, Big South, Conference USA, Horizon. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, you just think that they're all going to – They would follow the I – mean, I mean, a lot of those are conferences based – you know, it's like you're talking about you know, West Coast Conference – and 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 WAC obviously they're geographically somewhat connected to the Pac-12, and then there's conferences there in the Midwest that are probably taking cues from the Big Ten. Yeah, correct. One conference, yeah. yeah, two conferences that could, or three conferences that could be like kind of really connected to the SEC is the Southern, which has Furman in it, the Southland, which is Lamar's conference, and uh, Sun Belt, which is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coastal Carolina, Troy, Georgia State, all those type of teams. That's all like in the area of SEC. And if, if SEC tries to do like, hey, we're, we're doing it, we're going solo, they could be mm-hmm. their non-conference conferences to like compete against. But again, we're just... I think right now, most likely, we're going to get to 50%. We're only 8% away. We're only 25 teams away from canceling to get to 50%. There's mm-hmm. a 99.99% chance there's going to be no cross-country season. I think now the only weird thing that can happen left is a team uh, conference like SEC 
says we're doing it, or even all the Power Fives just stay. Like Big Ten changes their mind, and it's just a only Power Five conference season. Mm-hmm. The thing is, NCAs will probably be canceled with only a Power Five conference. So I think a lot of we're we're thinking with Title Nine, you can't just have men's football. You need to have an equal amount of women's sports happening. So all these women's cross country programs are going to have to go on. And you can see a lot of power five coaches having to force their women's team to compete. So you can see them be like, Hey, we're wasting eligibility with our women's program. They're going to want to run their B, C, D squads. So they don't waste a year of eligibility. Right. There's no reason for a, who's like a, like there's no reason for Caitlin Tui to run for NC state. Like, that's just mm-hmm. a waste of eligibility when she can't compete against the best of the best. I think if the inevitable happens, when the inevitable happens, I think you're going to see two things happen. I think coaches are going to be trying to create competitive opportunities for their athletes in the fall, even if it's just inner squad meets. And within the running community, we've seen a bit of a template for that. And people have been able to run fast times in, in smaller settings and have been able to run fast times in – dual or uh, inner squad meets which depending on how deep and, and how good your team is these programs could could try to set those up you know within the confines of a practice i think the second thing you're going to see is more momentum towards the idea of it happening in in spring and people dusting off the old gordon mack plan which is i mean it's only two or three weeks old but the way that dust collects during a pandemic era makes it think like it was a lot older i think you're going to see some uh, fierce debate about what they do or what they try to do with cross country indoor and outdoor. Do you try to cram all three? Do you get rid of indoor and put cross country in place of it? Like how how you work out those those details is it's going to be hard to find agreement on that because every program has th- their own their own interests. But yeah, I, I think the Mac plan is going to get some run here pretty soon. Do I appreciate that? Get the Mac plan going. I do think it's a great idea. I mean. Cross country Surprise. only needs three weeks. Cross country only needs three weeks. We don't need these ten week out dual meets, these twelve week out, you know, local yeah. home meets. Just put it all together. Three week competition. You run conferences, two weeks off, regionals, then nationals. And let yeah. me pick the, the teams. You know, and it'll be great. <laughs> done. Done and done. Done. Do you think do you think if they're able to do have the option of three sports in some sort in some time frame in some reasonable time frame do you think that coaches of of non-distance based schools would say you know what we're just happy to have outdoor for the this season we can cancel indoor we can do we can overlap cross country with indoor and just get get rid of indoor or do you think immediately people are going to just go right back to no we need to. We need to. We need. I. I need to look out what's in the best interest of my my program. Well, what is the program or the team that loves indoor? Right. You be. I guess you're a team that isn't like that doesn't have good extra throwers. Right. A, a team that's like isn't good in the javelin or the or the yeah. discus or the hammer. So they they only have like. But I think maybe it's a financial thing, like because 
like BU, right? They probably make so much money with all the entry mm-hmm. fees that they get for all the meets they put on. New Mexico, same. Yeah. They probably like need indoor meets because it's a huge revenue generator for a, a sport that doesn't generate much revenue. If you have an indoor track and you put on these meets, indoor tr- indoor is like important, right? Especially if yeah. it, if you have a new facility like Michigan's new facility or Liberty's new facility, they're gonna be like, we want people to come here because yeah, yeah. we need to make that money in a sport that doesn't make money. So that could be, but they're gonna be a minority, right? Because not everyone has a state of the art indoor facility that makes money. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, but I think like I think a team like Texas A and M, I think SEC would be like, with the exception of Arkansas, would be like. We want indoor, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But then, like, yeah, it's going to be distance versus sprint programs. Sprint programs are going to want indoor. Distance programs are going to want cross country. Unless you love DMR. Unless you love DMR. Or what we could do is we could have both, but indoor gets capped at 800 meters. Yeah, or just choose. Just choose and say, "Hey, you could pick. You could pick which season you want to go. You, you could pick which sport you want well, to play." Sorry, they overlap. <laughs> but if you choose, then you it kind of dilutes both because it's like, "Hey, if we only had that one guy on our team or that one girl on the indoor team, we would have been great." And then you have a team go all in on one and not the other, so then it kind of messes with the balances. I think you just, hey, in 2021, there is no mile and up, no mile 3K DMR or 5K. But there's cross country. Yeah. What if they did this? What if they did this? They shift the track season back as far as they can, which they can't shift it back much farther because of the Olympic trials. That would be that'd be problematic. But they but you you move everything down. You slide everything down. So you you can you slide indoor down as, as far as it can reasonably go. And then instead of your three four week season that you had planned for, when was that April that you wanted to do cross country? Yeah, April. What if? What if it leads off? Because we know cross country, one of the safer sports to execute during this time. So in a world where we're able to have sports, that would be a good one to go first. And you do it over a small window of time in January. And then February and March are indoor. And then April, May, and June, or maybe even the beginning of April you, is is the indoor championship. And then you go um into june so every season is is shortened a bit but cross country is is cut the most but you you let it go first see in the mac plan which i spent years and years developing in a log in, cabin yes. with candlelight uh because no you knew this was gonna happen because it was coming to happen the one thing that i made sure didn't happen is you can't have cross country in january man I mean, yes, you can have Why cross not? country in January, basically everywhere else in the world except for the Northeast. Okay. Like, right, and we can't Come expect on. the Northeast schools to fly to better climates. Like, can't do that. Your Northeast you bias can't. is showing here. Yeah, it's not as a no, Western it's, Conference it's the, basketball fan. Let me just say, it's the yeah, reality, you, right? So I think indoor would need to go first. You we, can still train outdoors. And all the all the races are in Orlando. In the <laughs> bubble. bubble. Uh, all at Disney. A coach a coach said to me that they should try to do a a bubble for football where they put them all like and go to like go to Vegas or something like that. 
and just do like five football games in a week and do it for like two weeks and boom, there's your season. <laughs> just don't think that's healthy, but I, okay. So weather, weather would be whether you're saying weather would be, uh, an insurmountable obstacle in this scenario. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fair. But in this scenario, we're, we're the pandemic's tapering off, so we just can do anything. You know, we're just so happy to be outside. We're so happy to be, we're so happy to be competing. Um, okay, that's a fair that that that's a fair point. I don't know how you, I don't know how you do it then. Well, then, so the people who want to cancel indoors and replace it with cross country, are they just basically saying that you'd have to slog through January and February, and then by the time nationals come in the beginning of March, that the weather will be good enough? Yeah, or maybe they also think Give me that some northeast indoor... perspective. I don't know anything about the northeast. Give me some. Well, people probably think. Well, people probably also think indoor. It's you're in a close, closer environment. It's harder to social distance indoor than it is to social distance yeah, outdoor. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. No one wants to wear a mask in like the armory. You'll just feel like claustrophobic. It's already you know indoor cough. Imagine indoor cough with a mask. It's like even worse. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. I think taking out that element of. It's a lot easier to wear a mask on a 400 meter track where everyone can kind of spread yeah. out. There's giant stands. There's no crowding at an outdoor track meet, but an indoor track meet, even an indoor track meet with not a lot of teams, at like, yeah, it's going to be crowded. So, yeah. I think uh, for social distancing purposes, cross country and outdoor track work perfectly. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I I get what you're saying. It's not it's not like. Cross country fits perfectly with the winter, but you're saying it's the better winter alternative given the situation yeah. of and the option. Because yeah, I mean cross country would be the best sport to do. Outdoor track second. And then in a distance third a distant third would be indoor track because it is indoors in small spaces. You said wrestling before was probably the most difficult sport to do because of indoors and close proximity. So it it wouldn't Indoor track wouldn't be as bad as that, but you're right. A lot of people, small space, not good. 42%, 8% away, calling it a day. What's the over-under on your... the date? I did. What's the over-under on the date that we get to 50%? I'll set the over-under at August 12th, which is tomorrow. <laughs> I said under. under. I thought you were going to say hour. No, yes. no, no. Yeah. August twelfth. Do we get to do we get to the fifty percent be, before tomorrow? Yes. I think that's what tomorrow. What if we don't? Is what do you owe me? What what what's our what's the bet? What are we betting? When I see when I see you again, I will bring you raising canes. That's what I will I'll bet. Ooh, that'd be nice. We're not gonna see you again. Well, I'm will I'm willing to go to the office, but you and Lincoln are like dads with wives so you got to stay home and i i'm just like i don't want to go to an office by myself so i'm only going to go until you guys go so i'm kind of like virtually a dad with a wife because i got to do what you I have to be on the same timeline as you guys when it comes to this pandemic it's annoying i mean i mean in terms of responsibilities for me maybe maybe september but i also what's the point in going you never went into the office when it was available to go to the office pre-pandemic so i mean what, what's your rush yeah, to get in well, there I'll now i'd go i'd go into the I office i live in the golden max i know what do you, you think you would you'd, you like it you'd wake up it it's fun it is kind of good uh 
I'm waking up earlier probably than you. I'm waking up earlier than you were then, but I'm probably going to bed a lot earlier. Uh, Yeah, you'd come in like midday and then talk to us for 30 minutes and then go to lunch and then you would go home to work. So I just, I'm, I, I'm interested in your, sir, your, your recent change of heart about the importance of an office. We got a lawn producing the, this thing. The, the I, recent I do miss doing this, this in person. To yeah. I want to do this in person. Yeah. 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 I, I want to be I, within I, I'm, six feet of you. I don't want to do that, but I'm, I'm kind of over That's the, a good... the half a second delay. <laughs> it's not very fun. That would be a good uh, pickup line. You know, in 2021, I'm willing to go within six feet of you. Mm. Right? It's a good line. Yeah, not interested, but uh, I, I want. I don't want to go to the. I want to go to an event. I want to be in a place where we can go to events again. That's what I want to do. I would. uh, What do you think will be the first event you go to? (laughs) I mean, if you asked me that two months ago, I was like, I'm going to go film a workout at some some great college campus uh first event i'm gonna go to is gonna be the i don't know (laughs) nau byu super bowl sunday 8k race yeah i was thinking that i i'm i'm like with the way bowerman and big friendly and all these people just put on their own meets and if they officially are going to cancel cross country we have to get ed i stone and Mike Smith on the on the line and get them just to do a race together. I mean, I'm, I'm sure like and make it fun. Like make it like, hey, let's try to break all the Flagstaff track records because there's never a track meet at the Flagstaff track because yeah, yeah. they never have outdoor meets. Like it's like it's like a joke. I remember talking about it. It's like there's never any track meets here on our outdoor track because no one's ever going to hold an outdoor track meet in Flag. Uh, but. Sure. I don't know. Just do something like that where just they meet the battle on top of the mountain. I don't know. Come look better. See, we have to come up with a better name than the the what is it? The Garden Clash. As long as we have a better name than the pole vault competition, I think we'd be good. Well, didn't? But this is tough because the I like the idea, uh, but like with the pros, it's easy. I think that the it's gonna, you're gonna have a tough time getting college teams to race each other for the same reason why there's no college competitions. In general, there's no season, right? Liability reasons, but I want to see it. Yeah, I don't. It's seven, hard to imagine. Seven hours away. They're, they're eight hours away. Driving. But what's in the middle? Find something in the middle. That's what we need to do. What's the? Oh, it's hard to. Oh. I mean, it's it's hard to envision. It's hard to envision when we'll be at another event. But I definitely think. I mean, I'm confident that they should race in Vegas. There you go. Is that halfway? Dude, that'll be wild. No, it's just like out of the way for both of them, but it would be cool. <laughs> well, they should race like somewhere in the Grand Canyon. Just like Okay. Make it epic. Right? Connor Mans just walks to the walks to the edge of the Grand Canyon and yells, Hello. And then Louis Grahal is at the other side and he goes, Hello. That's how it starts. Just thinking of the promo videos now. That's how it starts. Just a sweet drone shot of, of Mike Smith and Ed Eyestone walking towards each other. <laughs> I'd watch. We did get some. Watch. Uh, I would watch too. I think a lot of people would watch. Like, yeah. And I think they would do it. I think that. What else are they going to do? They're going to oh, be training. Here's what I'm worried about. It's not like they're going to be like taking the season off. Like, no, they can handle one time trial. 
Here's I think here's where I for think. the love of the sport, they're going to want to do it. Here's what I'm thinking about, Gordon. And we'll have plenty of time to talk about this, so I probably shouldn't bring it up now. But we talked yesterday about what we missed in outdoor and all those people going pro. We could have actually seen them race each other for an NCAA title. If we don't have cross country this year, what are we going to miss out on? Right? Like, is Wayne Kalati like assuming they get that season back of eligibility, or even if they don't, who's not going to be there next year that we wanted to watch this year? Like, is Kalati, was that it? Did we see Kalati's last race in a New Mexico uniform? Because that would make me sad. Uh, NAU BYU. Who's is anybody going pro or leaving from those two teams? Because right now they both are are complete juggernauts. Both though, I don't well, especially NAU, they're so young, you'd think, okay, they're all gonna be back, but you don't know that. Same thing with with BYU. What are we gonna what would we have seen in 2020 that we would not we won't see you know in, in, in a 2021 season? Yeah. I mean, this is a great pod topic to talk about when the season actually is canceled. So I'm not going to talk about it. We'll say that for another pod. What we're wow. going to miss because that'll be a great pod. We can't we can't shoot our shot early, man. We gotta we gotta let I this know. thing ride out as long as possible. When you do a daily podcast, you gotta let it ride. Speaking of doing a daily podcast, we haven't talked about the elephant in the room. We did skip a day, our first day of skipping a podcast. Yeah, last yeah, week? yeah. We only did four. We did because two weeks ago. we, yeah, but we've been, we've been doing really good. This is the most consistent. I think when we started, my whole thing was like, Hey, we can do it daily, but we got to make sure we're consistent. And you're like, no, 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 we'll be good. We'll be good. And I did not believe in you at all, but we've done it. So good job to the three of us for, for being consistent. Yeah. Even in the time of a pandemic and a third of us having a kid, we're good. We still doing it. We're still doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk a lot about, of life let's things talk going. about uh these uh sprint times. This yeah. kind of surprised me. 1980 is good, man. When legal? Kenny B, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Big big PR for for Kenny B there. 1980 in Florida. He is slowly, I think, getting the attention of everybody else. I've been on the Kenny B bandwagon for a while. Part of that a little bias when you go out and you film a workout with somebody and you talk to them, you talk to their coach, you start, you, you really, you believe you, you buy in a lot of times, but the bandwagon it's filling up now, Gordon, but people had plenty of opportunities last year indoors. He had that crazy four by four that went track viral. Then outdoors, he goes to Juco and runs those insane times wind aided. He makes the world team gets injured though, but now he's been running really well in these meets ran a hundred meter, PB as well, and now goes 1980. The bandwagon's filling up. If you want to get on, do it now because I feel like come Olympic year, he'll have an entire another season of training at the professional level uh, behind him. Any issues he would have had with just like getting used to to the level of training or the level of competition or the travel will be gone. I think this is a this is he's one of the under the radar people that I think has the best shot at a medal in Tokyo. In the 200? Yes. No, in no, no, in all of track and field. In in all of track and field, there's people who are like 
there are known quantities and there are unknown quantities. And because Kenny B came up in the JUCO system and because last year he had a rough time at Worlds, I don't think enough people know about him, right, as as they should. And I there's some other people I guess I would put on that that list as well of like the the under the radar team out there who could who could really show up big in 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 Tokyo. I mean, he's the favorite for the silver medal in the 200, unless I've missed something. I mean, is Van Niekerk back? I mean, in the 200, I'll take Kenny B. I don't think Norman's going to double, and you just have Lyles there, and. We've seen how crazy that event can go. I think right now he's the favorite for for silver. Now he has to again. He has to do this on a on a global stage on a bigger stage, but uh, potential alone. I mean, he's just he's other than Lyles, it's him in the two hundred. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of wild looking back at his first year of JUCO to going pro to like getting injured and just how he handled it. I mean, because he wasn't he didn't. He got literally he was injured at USA's. And mm-hmm. he like mm-hmm. he like jogged. Like he got dead last in his in the final, right? But mm-hmm. he got to go because no one had the standard. So then that made him continue a season that he probably in any other world it would have been shut down and he would have been like, I'm injured, I'm not doing it. But when you're a first year pro, you're like, I'm going to worlds, screw it, right? Yeah. Take anything you can yeah. get, even if I'm running on one leg. And then obviously he couldn't handle it at worlds, but like, I think the combination of just being super raw trained, not to like, like just not ready for not completely ignorant to the world type stage of how to handle world competition. When you're racing Juco competition Mm -hmm. injured, all these factors makes you think that like, you take those three those three things away, which can easily be taken away with health and just experience. This nineteen eighty is what you get, right? And I think yeah, he's only gonna get better. I mean, he was a raw talent coming out of high school that kind of got overlooked. He went to he was Wisconsin. He's from Wisconsin, I believe, and mm-hmm. just kind of was just under the radar. Had a crazy JUCO first year, and then injuries and just newbie bug hit him. But now that he's yeah. I feel like he's matured in this past year, and I think he should be ready to fire on all cylinders. And we would love him to get even better. So then Noah Lyles doesn't have a mulligan every USA's, right? You kind of want someone to really push Noah. Because Michael Norman is that guy, but Norman isn't running the 200. So hopefully Kenny B can be the the opposite, the the yin and the yang to Noah Lyles. Uh, It's going to be hard. Kenny B also is like a weird body i'm not trying to body shame kenny b but like he's kind of like the isaiah harris of the 800 or the isaiah harris of the 200 isaiah harris is like this big broad shoulder guy that just does, does, does not look like a 800 meter runner but he's able to put it together he's built like a 400 meter runner but runs the 800 right he's very mm-hmm. big broad shoulders kenny b is also a very like big jacked dude that doesn't have like that thin like 200 meter body you know, like he, well, he's built like a 400 meter runner. Okay. No, well, but like, I feel like a lot of he's bigger than Norman, sprinters. Go yeah. on, go on well, with I'm your theory saying, about like, that. He's too, he has broad shoulder. He just, he looks like too big to run fast in a sprint. I don't know. It feels like he's going to okay. topple over in a 200. 
put him on an indoor track is insane. You're right. It's just like he's too big. Well, watch that. And yeah, watch that clip. Yeah, watch that clip from last. So, year. like, no. I just think no. that. I mean, he's a good 400. I bet you, if he ran the 400, he would be as good as he would be a 44 low guy. I think if he focused only on the 400, I think he's he's basically a Michael Norman in disguise. Not as good as Norman, but like if he wanted to, he would have he would have the ability to become a a Michael Norman, in my opinion. Yeah, he's got he's got that range. He's not there yet. He's got that range, but he's still yeah. super young. So yes, he has that he has that ability uh, for sure. Who else would you put on your your under the radar twenty twenty one team? I got a couple names in mind. Under the radar twenty twenty one team. Yared Nagus. Okay, that'd be that'd be very under the radar. He can Explain. kick, man. And in that fifteen hundred, I mean, Centro looks like he's he hasn't. I mean, he's getting he's injured. I don't know. He's jogging this season. He's not really putting it all in. I mean, Craig Ankles hasn't really been like firing all cylinders. The only person who's firing on all cylinders cylinders is Josh Thompson, who's still very new to the event. I just and then Ben Blankenship. They're kind of like there's not like a a dominant dog the way like Donovan Brazier is dominating the eight hundred right now, right? And I yeah. just feel like there's like a hodgepodge of three thirty five guys in that mix. There's like four to six three thirty five guys, and I think that in a good race he'll be. I mean, in a championship style race, it's going to be a kicker's race, and I think he can kick with the best of them. Mm-hmm. I could see you. It, it's not mind boggling to think that with two hundred meters to go, Yair Nagus could outkick. Uh, Josh Thompson, like, and if you think he could outkick outkick Josh Thompson, and I think Josh Thompson can make a team, transitive property means Yair Nagus can make a team. Transitive property always a sure thing. I went with somebody in the women's fifteen hundred, Sinclair Johnson. We haven't heard much from her this year. We know that she joined Bowerman, but hasn't raced there, or I haven't seen her training there as well too was really close to making the world team last year. year. It was her and Nikki Hiltz down to the line. Has really good 800-meter speed, too. Which she showed, I think it was in the Sunset Tour, she ran like right, right too flat. I, I think putting her on a team with Shelby, with Gabrielle Debuse-Stafford, with Kersha Weiser, with Elise Cranny, with Courtney Frerichs, with all these women, I think she could make a significant jump up and she's got tools to succeed in the in the 1500 that of course is a difficult event to make however however if you can close you can make teams just the same point that you're making with yard and a goose and then i thought of another woman who made a world team last year made a world final last year but i think has the possibility but was overshadowed a bit because she didn't meddle and that's waddle and jonathan who ended up being the top american woman in the 400 because she wanted NCAAs. So you think, oh, people are paying attention to her. But last year at NCAAs, there was so much attention on the 100 and 200 for the men and the hurdles that we didn't zoom in that much on the 400s just because there's only so many events. And when you have Shakira Richardson running 1075 and Grant Holloway running 1298 and Divine Oda Duru 
doing crazy things and Angie Nels winning another title and Janique Brown running insanely fast in the hurdles, some stuff gets lost. And Jonathan's Jonathan is one of those people. If Nasser gets suspended next year and Shawnee Miller-Weibo decides to run the 200 and not the 400, Jonathan is in there. Jonathan is in, in the mix because there's not many people who finish in front of her in, in Doha. So she could be someone where even people who are paying attention to track, okay, they know, yeah, she, she won NCAAs, but I don't think they've fully appreciated how good she can be. And then if, if some spots open up in the 400, definitely on the metal metal stand and maybe towards, towards the top there, depending on who decides to run what. I see that. I can. I, I like that. My my under the radar pick was a lot more, super more under the radar. But you know, I like different I ways. Like, I'll try to think of more. I'll try to think of more under the radar people, in other events. Um, yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a it's a broad turn. I, I'm just saying, like people, I just thought it was interesting last year. We knew so much about Grant Holloway coming in because he had gone six for six in NCAA titles. But internationally, he had never made a team. And international track yeah. people, yeah, they pay attention to the NCAAs because they know it's good. But that was really like, oh, Grant Holloway's arrived. Now he's a star. Yeah. If he went, if he went and he finished sixth in that final, his profile would have been so much lower. Now American fans would have been like, okay, we know this guy's good. He just had a long season. He'll be back in twenty twenty one and or twenty twenty at the time, and he'll make a big run. He could win the Olympic gold medal. But for internet from the international perspective, and I think it's the same thing with Kenny Bitnarik. Yeah, he runs these insane JUCO times, and he's he's putting up you know sub sub twenties in the two hundred. But you haven't done it in the Diamond League yet. Yeah, you haven't done it in a World Championship yet. People don't really know what to make of it. Um, I should bring up Shakira Richardson too. Twenty two flat in the same meet where Kenny B ran nineteen eighty, and then ten ninety five legal, and then ten eighty three wind aided. I think she's the favorite in the in the hundred next year for sure. Yeah, she's definitely firing on all cylinders. Uh, crashed and burned in the U.S. final, mainly due to probably just she timed her peak for NCAs and not for USAs, and that's okay. If you're a freshman in college, you're not planning on timing your peak for USAs. You're supposed to time your peak for NCAs, and now that she's ready to roll in the in the post-collegiate world she's running she's running to her ability which is great to hear and then i mean trayvon Bermel, he's not a flash in the pan now he's consistently now running world-class times beats justin gatlin again <laughs> runs win legal sub 10 then a win dated 987 uh trayvon Bermel might be the olympic favorite right i like, listened and, to intent when you and Lincoln discussed this very thing back when Lincoln did podcasts, just kidding. Um, and I didn't think it was hyperbole. I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing with the, I think if Coleman is there, Coleman is still the favorite, obviously, Yeah. but there's a, there's a good chance that Coleman's not there. And if Coleman's not there, it's Bromel. I mean, this is, this is stunning. And I guess we shouldn't be stunned by it because of all the talent he had, but you just, you don't see this that often. You don't see somebody get injured the amount of times he's gotten injured and fall off the map as far as he fell four off the years. map. For four years. Yeah, he was so far off the map. And and I was going to make a joke about flat earthers 
like couldn't find it. I don't know. It was, it was bad. I, I I couldn't make it work in the time that we had. But if I was writing this, I would have workshopped some things. In any event, I I, mean, I feel I'm even doubting him. He's like consistent sub ten guy now. And I can go even I'm going even crazier. Like he could win even if Coleman was there. Like he's running that well. He's running a well where it's like, I mean, Col- Coleman obviously would be the favorite, but if he would win, it wouldn't be like it would be like Justin Gatlin beating Bolt or Coleman. You know, like he can upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. can be upset. Like he's not. He's not a no. Like Noah Lyles losing would be a bigger upset than Coleman losing to Trayvon Bromel. Correct, because he's. I think the. The distance between him and the competition is is yeah. greater. I, I think everybody would agree yeah. with that. But you talk about someone like Kenny Bidnarik, right? If you put yourself in that number two spot, if something happens to Lyles, there's no guarantee that he's going to be at the start line. You're right there with a chance Wait, did to... you just imply that Noah Lyles is going to have a whereabouts failure and not be on the start no, line? No, 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 I'm not saying the exact same situation. I'm just saying, uh, like, you could go back through history and look at how many times someone who was not the favorite got a gold medal. And it, it's not even because they beat the person who was the favorite. It's because the person who was the favorite didn't end up on the start line at all. So that's why, you know, going back to, like, with, with Jonathan, it's like, yeah, you put yourself in that position and maybe someone opts for a different event. Maybe someone's suspended. Maybe someone gets hurt. And then before you know it, you're staring at a gold medal. Again, it's we still should, long uh, odds. We should make a, a power rankings of gold medal winners who only won because the real best athlete in that event was DQ'd or chose not to run or hurt. Mm-hmm. That would get oh, I got one wild. I got one. I What's got two one? for you. I got one for you, too. Go. Hit me okay, with well. Helen O'Beary, last year in the 5,000. I've said this before. If someone wins the 1,500 and the 10,000 in the same meet, they should be the 5,000-meter champion. So they should have just given Sifan Hassan another gold medal. And then Dean Asher-Smith in the in the 200. Um, Michana Miller-Webo was amazing last year. She got beat by Nasser. Now that medal might change in the future. We don't know. But because they could not come up with a schedule where there was a 400-200 double that was possible – she was not in there. And then that's not even to say – now, I'm – Shelly and Fraser-Price, Daphne Shippers, Elaine Thompson, all the 100, 200 people, they had a legitimate chance and they opted out. So they didn't want to do it and that's fine. So but so I don't think you can hold that against Ian Asher-Smith. But when someone is just not able to do it because the schedule is so ridiculous, I think that's when you – and that's that was the case with Stefan Hassan too in the 5,000. I think that's when you can say, hey, legitimately – in an alternate universe, Shonda Miller-Webo could have just decided to run the 200 and she would have won the 200. But she didn't. Dean Asher-Smith got the gold. And next year, if Miller-Webo goes for the 200, we'll get to see. My big one was in two events. And it's not at the world level. It's at the NCAA level. And it still bothers me to this day. It's Jerry and Lawson's triple, which is not a legit triple. They said he's – they compared him to Jesse Should- Owens. And it's – a Bullshit comparison, in my opinion, because it's not Jesse Owens. Cheserek should have won the Bowerman that year. No, Cheserek tripled indoor. He literally ran a 352 1600 
against Isaac Yorks in a DMR after winning the 5K 30 minutes prior, and then goes on to win a 3K. I'm sorry. Cheswick deserved that Bowerman. He won five NCAA titles. Five. No one was doing that. And then Jerry Lawson wins his Jesse Owens-type triple at NCAA Outdoors, when Jerry Lawson got like sixth in the indoor 60 and like third maybe in the indoor long jump, had a shitty hey, indoor what season. Was wrong? Okay, right. what was wrong with his outdoor title? Wait, oh, you want to Someone named Trayvon Bermel decided to go pro. Someone named Andre DeGrasse decided to go pro. Oh, someone named Nathaniel Mitchell Blake, who won the triple at SECs, got hurt before the final. Nathaniel Mitchell Blake was so much better than he tripled at, or not tri- a triple by four by one, 100, 200. And okay. he was dominating SECs. He was smoking Jerry Lawson at the SECs. And then. Happens to lose to Jerry Lawson because he got hurt in the prelim of the 200 hey, or that. So it sounds was a to bullshit. Me like Jerry Lawson timed, he timed his peak. Timed his peak. And, Can't blame and him. Jerry Lawson won the races in like over 10 seconds. Like he didn't even run sub 10. He ran like 10 01 or 10 10. And then they were like, Central. Jesse Central Owens, Jesse Central. Owens, Jesse Owens. I'm like, this is not Jesse Owens. This is two of the best runners in the world deciding to go pro. The best run in the NCA getting hurt. Cheserek should have won the Bowerman. That's all I'm going to say. I'll go to my grave. You should, write I, art- you should write an article about that. I shouldn't just write an article. We need to make a movie. We need to make a documentary. We need a 30 for 30. Do you think Cheserek like, is as well this as you are? Oh, yeah. I've never talked to him about it. He's like, yeah, he, he knows. I talked to what Robert if- Johnson about it. He knows. I remember talking okay. to Robert Johnson in uh, in a – I know you guys have in a good relationship. An NCA press conference elevator. And he was saying, like, yeah, it's bullshit. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not saying that's what he said. I'm not reporting what? that. But he implied like that Cheserek deserved it. That's all. And okay. I he also he was very respectable. He's like, whatever. It, obviously, it's hard to pick one out of the top three people. Everyone deserves it. But he was like, my guy deserves it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Matisse Thibel deserved to be in the rookie versus sophomore game in the NBA All-Star game. but You know what would have been great is if Matisse, Matisse Thibel could have locked up Damian Lillard and that would have helped the Spurs. But the, apparently this lockdown defender lets a guy go for over 50. But everything we hear about – dude, the Sixers are so – just <laughs> the amount of media attention the Sixers get for just how not good they are is just astounding. Like I, you guys are just – and I yeah, get it. It's not just – it's negative media. Yeah, I, it's not positive. I know, but it's nonstop. It's just intoxicated. It's just insufferable. And I get it. Like a lot of it's the personalities you have on the team because Embiid is a big personality and there's all this stuff around Simmons because he can't shoot a three and he's coming out of LSU and all this other stuff and he's going to be the greatest player ever. So a lot of it isn't just like, oh, people are obsessed with Philadelphia sports. But my goodness, man, you guys are sixth in the East and you're spoken about as if you're the 91 Bulls. It's just amazing. Okay, yeah, but Houston was sixth in the West, and they're talking about like the greatest idea ever with small ball. I mean, Houston gets the same thing. It's the same thing as Houston. All the Trump. Well, don't get me started on Houston too. I could go on and on on Houston too. Wait, so we'll leave it there. When's the last time San Antonio was the third best team in Texas? Uh, oof. That's a good question. Well, let's see. I mean, because last year they Mavericks didn't make the playoffs last year, so they were ahead of the Mavericks. 
Um, I mean, when's the last time Pop needs to I think Pop needs to retire. That's what needs to happen. No, I just, just think we need move to. on, man. Get no. Tim Duncan there as head coach with his crazy hair. It's transition. He's not even in the bubble. Duncan's not even in the bubble. Uh, I don't. I'm sure there's an obvious. I'm sure there's an obvious uh, answer that I'm forgetting because it's not like they've been at the top of the West every every year. When's the last time the 76ers have won an NBA title? Well, every year Sixers are the best team in Pennsylvania. So yeah, maybe there might have been a year though when Villanova probably could have beat them. That that probably was like in the <laughs> early 2010s when we were winning like right. nine games. You know, Villanova okay. probably yeah. could beat us. But you know, yeah, LaSalle maybe. Yeah, LaSalle. Pitt. Remember Pitt? Fourth they did. Remember yeah, Pitt yeah, had, was that, had a good basketball team? Who their coach was? DeJuan Walker went on to play for the, uh, the Spurs, who has no ACLs. Don't, you remember right, man. Anyway, thanks a lot for producing. Thank you, Gordon. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. I think you know what we're going to talk about. Until next time. Email the pod.